0: from A A T H the association for applied and therapeutic humor this is laughbox the <laughs> podcast for laughter and humor professionals here's your host chip lutz It's time for Laugh Box! My absolute favorite time of the week because I get to share some awesome stuff with you. Awesome interviews, actually. And this week's awesome interview is actually with uh, a good friend of mine, Lisa Carlson. We did this interview on the coldest day in record because we're both Wisconsinites. We weren't together, but we were. We were braving the elements together inside. So I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. I also want to take a moment to remind you that uh, we're coming up on March march and then april and then it's conference time so are you registered do you have your plane ticket do you have your room have you made a decision to invest in yourself this year i hope the answer to that is yes because i would love to see you there because you can meet cool people cool people and learn a lot in the process so i want you to grab a pen and paper get ready to write some cool stuff down because this interview rocks Well, hello, friends, and welcome to Laugh Box, the official podcast of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. And today, I get to talk to Lisa Carlson. I'm pretty excited because we've known each other, I don't know, five or six years. And here, it was really kind of weird a few months ago. I'm sitting in an airport, and I'm looking over my shoulder. I'm like, that looks like Lisa. And I saw her kind of sneaking looks at me, and, and so then the next minute I get a n- note on Facebook, it's like, hey, are you in this airport? And then I looked at her, I'm like, yes, I am. And then it was cool <laughs> since we were flying Southwest, we got to like spend a couple hours on the plane together on the trip home. So I'm really excited to have her on the show today. Welcome, my friend, to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Chip. That was such a memorable two hours, by the way. I just I even. that tell you it was like I felt like I was the giddy like giddy teenager you know and and like just oh my god
0: (laughs) there's so much sarcasm in that whole statement no no (laughs) no
1: I really did like I thought like I thought I thought like oh my we had so much fun that I I, I couldn't I'm like now I know how my teenager girls are like
0: (laughs) I honestly I honestly felt bad for the people that weren't sitting with us
1: (laughs) I know everybody everybody in the world that wasn't sitting with us Right.
0: Yeah. They were sitting there. They're all envious. Like, man, I wish I knew them. They're having so much fun.
1: Yes. Or shut the hell up. I'm trying to sleep.
0: (laughs) That's probably, that's probably closer to the, the (laughs) that's hilarious. Now for our listeners, if you could give them like the 411 on, uh, who Lisa is
1: sure um i'm just a girl a girl in the northern wisconsin region in a town called manitowoc i didn't i was not born and raised here i was uh, born outside of detroit in a city called livonia moved to chicago and then moved up here and i am a, a comic speaker i also have an organization called women wine and whiskey which is a networking Powerhouse uh, in a different fashion, so I bring my humor to everything I do.
0: That sounds really cool. So, uh, women, wine, and whiskey. Um, yes. I like I like all three of those things. Actually, I'm not a big wine drinker, but you know, if it's yeah. combined with the other two, I probably would.
1: So, yes, I hear that often. That's not an unusual comment. Uh, but the organization is for networking, inspiring through the smooth, which I call a, a wine, but you could call it a whiskey. It doesn't matter. In the tough times you know so uh it's really about um bringing a community together that isn't uh, a business networking luncheon where you pass out your business cards and eat a salad this is meaningful connections and 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 fun
0: that is cool because i think that in today's world a lot of that is really missing. That whole meaningful connection. Like I go to networking things, and it's everybody give me their business card, blah mm-hmm. blah blah. It's nothing about the relationship. You know, oh, like yeah. you know, I say, like, hey, you know, what it's it's all about, uh, hey, I sell this. Want to buy it?
1: Yeah, yeah. The way I network is, is I always have like a story, story, whether that be my story or someone else's story, and I and we talk about what's what has been something great. You know, like we always talk about, oh yay me triumph! I've done it. But we never talk about the struggle that got you there. And it's not like a you know, low self-esteem kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> I I lost my house and in the middle of it, I found this business or I was going through a divorce and that's caused me to find this product and now it's selling or whatever it is. We don't talk about the like, right. what we see, but we do say your neighbor is making it happen. She doesn't have it all together. Oh my god, I never knew that was going on behind the scene.
0: That is cool. That yeah, is cool.
1: It's it's gone really well and I really enjoy it. Um, it went on hiatus for two years as I did went into the construction industry, which is totally different, which which oh my god. And um and then I, I just brought it back like literally last week. And I see a need for it and while it's for women, I support anyone who wants to support women or you know, it's just a different type. It's a psychology thing. Like we talk about feelings and, you know, not everyone's comfortable with that. I mean, there are tissues on the, on the tables just in case because we're right. emotional. Yeah. And, and feel, but man, I'll tell you the men that have come to do it, they're like, oh my, I just got an eyeful and an earful. Oh, I just learned so much stuff.
0: That's cool. That is really cool. Now I want to talk about your humor journey. uh, Some of the things you currently do to apply humor in your life and in the community and stuff. But before we get into that, I'm just going to ask a random question just to get our conversational juice flowing. All right. So Lisa, they're making a movie of your life. The Lisa Carlson story. Who, who is going to play you in that movie?
1: There's no one else that could play me like me. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I'm going to play me. That's right. Why, I, you know, why like, wouldn't I?
1: Think about that. Like, I, I you know, like, I, I guess at the moment, I just don't know quite yet. That's so weird. But um, I like the lady. Um, uh, oh, man. Now I can't think. Now you put a whole brain stump in my head. But um, anyone snarky? <sighs> um, and now I can't see her anymore. But someone yes. who's and dry humor like you know like
0: tina fey like,
1: yeah well tina fey would be a great one she could play me but just a little bit more... I'd, let,
0: I'd let tina fey play me in a movie
1: i heard that a different way but you might be
0: mean... <laughs> um, oh
2: that's yeah I don't, I
1: don't know like i i, th- I think i would want all the limelight that's who i am right uh, but uh and when i think of it now chip i will definitely send it to you and you can just like
0: put it in the show notes I know, you
1: know, like edit it and be like she said zoe de chanel well i was
0: trying to think I was when you said that that you would play you i was trying to think like what um biograph uh, biographical movies are out there that where the the person actually played themselves in the movie and i was like i know there's got to be a couple but oh i'm but, sure i'm but sure like, i can't I, figure out like I, uh i can't figure I, what I'm they so- are
1: I'm so envious of the walking encyclopedias of, of, of pop culture. Like I am
0: too. Like I was at I was at lunch the other day with this guy, and he's like quoting movies. Now I like movies, uh-huh. and there are some you know lines I might remember from a movie, but I don't have like whole movies memorized where I can right. just, like go back in my encyclo in my my little rolodex in my head. And you know he made a reference, and he's like, "Oh, I can't believe you don't know that." And I was like, yeah. "I sure I do. I just <laughs> i." I have other things occupying the gray matter in, right. in, my, in my head.
1: Yeah, new movies. Are, so just don't say anything about Games of Thrones or anything, because like, I don't know that stuff. Like in improv, you know, I do improv quite a bit. I do a lot of improv in my in my speaking and in my comedy. And, you know, they always say, accept what's being said. So when somebody throws out this crazy, like, fantasy book or movie, um, like Narnia, Chronicles of Narnia or Narnia in general, I have no idea what to do. So I just make stuff up, right. you know, that you and you just accept it but like I, that stuff and then you know you've got like the narnia fan that's part of the cast and they like say one great line and they're like yeah and the, the crowd erupts because they said the greatest line it doesn't matter i don't need to laugh it's just about accepting it and trying to set other people up to look good
0: right that's yeah. what uh, one thing i loved about um uh improv when i went through the second city cycle was just uh-huh. made me a much better team member yeah just uh, it, yeah. you know of Actually, uh, uh, I think a better friend, a better husband, because you really, you taught me a lot about listening skills. But anyway, let's yeah. talk a little bit about you. Okay. Now, going into the Lisa story, and that's Lisa with a Y. That's the first thing she told me when we met, like, that's Lisa with a Y. <laughs> I did. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs>
1: you remembered it like you you didn't remember all of those movie quotes but you remembered my name is lisa it was it was one of
0: those things you just remember it makes people you know when people are you want people to remember your name you give them something to attach it to I remember that i was like yeah lisa with a y
1: strategic
0: strategic so now growing up were you always like the funny kid in school or i mean what's uh what's your background on being getting into comedy
1: so i loved comedy I, I would watch all the hbo stand-up specials because that hbo was the only thing you had after on i don't know if you ever heard of on tv but that was the first cable network provider and then you would have hbo and um i would watch as, as many stand-up comedy um things i would watch who line it anyway but i was very shy and bashful my mom and dad are both deaf and i took advocate role i was like everybody be nice to deaf people they can do things they they're good people and so I was very much on the defense or or, or trying to teach people about my because we you know we were oppressed or they were oppressed and so uh. I saw. and um, I never really had any comedy experience and just loved it and thought I would go to shows and stuff but I just never get, nobody said you know you could do that nobody mm-hmm. I was always alone and nobody said you could do that so And then I thought, well, I don't want to be in a club at 9 p.m. getting chicken dinner and maybe a drink, you know. I just Mm – that wasn't – so I moved to Chicago and fell in love with the improv shows and went to improv shows and just, again, never dawned on me that I could take a class at Second City. Stupid. I felt dumb about it. But in any case, I came to Manitowoc and felt like I needed this big break. Like, I was so overwhelmed. I'm like, I'm just going to do something for me. And I took a Second City class – so I'm, um, you know, now away. I used to live blocks from there, and then now I'm thousands, no hundreds of miles, but feels thousands of worlds apart. And I go well, there. Truthfully,
0: truthfully, Manitowoc is uh, light, light years away from Chicago.
1: It's it's light years away from a lot of things. <laughs> uh, and so, so. <laughs> So I took that class and, you know, I formed my own improv troupe. And that's really, I mean, as much as I joke about Manage it has given me my comedy bearings. I'll tell you, I started an improv troupe. I had a small black box theater. Um, I had a partner. Partners are bad, 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 bad. You know, never a partner. And then that went away. So mm-hmm. it's like um, trying to recreate that. Again, I didn't want to be in my club at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And I didn't trust anyone else with my baby, so I uh, created um, stand-up competitions, uh, two because that's as many comics as you can really handle in Manitowoc area. Um, and then it just was what. It, and then I went on to do Deer in the Headlights, which was a five-year run of myself. And then I would invite friends to do their things, whether it be stand-up or improv or sketch. And um, that went away because it was about time. And last year, I just did a you and me kind of thing where I do uh, my own stuff and I do about 15 minutes with a stranger of improv. Uh-huh. I call you and I actually um, better grammar. And so I just because <laughs> <laughs> that matters. It,
0: that absolutely yeah, matters. Uh, better grammar. People, I don't even think that they
1: might not wrong.
0: they might not judge your comedy, but they certainly are judging your grammar.
1: <laughs> They're like spelling out my words <laughs> as I'm saying them. You didn't put an apostrophe in there. Um, so, and then I've done Valentine's shows and I've, and people have asked me to do their, you know, uh, corporate, you know, um, things. And just last week I did the senior center at one o'clock a matinee, baby.
0: That's awesome.
1: So, yeah. So it, it just continues to kind of hang on for me. And in this area, I'd love to go to Milwaukee and join the improv and comedy show there. It's really booming in Milwaukee. It just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense in my life right now. So I create it where I'm at.
0: Well, you you sound like you're like the kind of the Carol Burnett of Manitowoc.
1: Oh my gosh, what a compliment! Now that's a woman I would love to. <laughs> she made me cry on the the award show. It was so good, but yeah, you know, I will say that I got the I did get the Senior Center gig because the woman there called the library and the library and asked, "Do you know of any comedians in the area?" I I'm still baffled why she called the library, but uh, they thought of me so.
0: Well, because just saying Dewey Decimal is funny. So I mean,
1: <laughs> who says Dewey Decimal anymore? <laughs> it's that.
0: <laughs> now, one, one,
1: zero, going, death.
0: going back to growing up. Um, and I, I'm just curious uh, being in learn mode. Is there like, I'm not, you didn't grow up in that, you know, that kind of environment, you know, with most my parents being deaf. I mean, did your parents have humor between them that they signed? I mean, was it, you yeah. know, is there, so, you know, is there the deaf humor?
1: Yes. So that is like the best question I've gotten in years. You, I was waiting for you to say one of the questions that I always get was, can they drive? How do you learn how to talk? Can deaf people have children? You
0: know, <laughs> no, they can't, <laughs> but I'm here. <laughs>
1: so um yeah so so sign language is not universal just so you know american sign language is the one we have uh, that we use um british sign language is not the same Auslan, which is the australian sign language not the same even though they're somewhat english speaking um british sign language is different so uh we 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 did have humor we have play on words if you will or play on signs mm-hmm. um that we use and like my husband and i oh by the way husband also deaf now collecting deaf people um
0: <laughs> you're, a, you're a purveyor of, of <laughs> deaf people
1: purveyor wow that's fancy um so so we have like little sign games that you know are just punny if you will
2: uh-huh. um
1: and so, you know, we challenge ourselves to use just one sign. So the hand sign for cars, like the, the number three, using your thumb, not the W like uh-huh. if you, if you do number three, it's your first finger, your middle finger and your thumb, that's a number three, which also on the side makes it look like car. Uh-huh. So, I and mean, I want you all to put the car, you know, I like drive it right. So do that now, everyone who's listening. Um, but <laughs> so we use that one sign to say everything we want to say and for the next several minutes. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little naughty, so it's the middle finger, and so I like I told you to take out the garbage with uh-huh. just using my sign of middle finger, so.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of, in there's jokes, but in, in the deaf world, you have to tell somebody that you're about to tell them a story that's funny, and it's a precursor, so they don't really say, like, oh, what? The rabbi went into the bar? Really? Like, you know, it kind of sets the framework. That's
0: so interesting. So, yeah. you have to give the, the setup before the setup.
1: Sort like, of, yeah. The
0: pre-setup.
1: Frame it because the inflection, right? And so, uh-huh. you know, so there's some of that. I mean, sometimes, you know, we should do that for people that can hear as well because they're, they don't get it. But, you know, that, that's different. So, so anyway, so yeah, there's a little bit of pre-setup um, depending on, on the situation. Um, if you're just trying to prank somebody, you probably wouldn't set it up. But if you're trying to tell a joke, then you know that they're in the right frame of mind, if you will.
0: Right. What would be a good deaf prank where you just like rearrange the the, the oh. pages oh. On, a, on, on a braille thing? I mean, no. I...
1: You, you said braille. They're deaf, not blind.
0: Oh, I'm, so, I'm
1: so stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that all the time. i wasn't even i wasn't even thinking i was. <laughs> no. I might just edit that portion out so I don't seem as stupid as I really actually, am actually
1: you should just leave it in because everyone says <laughs> that you know like oh so your parents can read braille no <laughs> like, I, say I
0: wasn't even thinking
1: like we go to the restaurant and they give us menus they're in braille like they're blind they're deaf not blind you know so but like jokes that I did on my parents like my mom would be vacuuming and I would no. unplug it <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: You know, or, um, you know, I don't know, just something like, uh, a lot of stuff that I do now is not very nice. Like with my husband, I, I will be, I'll be signing as the interim for him and maybe, uh, another trade or in the construction business. And oh. I remember the time the plumber came over and the plumber knows better. He knows my husband, so he can talk to him and work it out together. Yeah. And so he looks at me cause I'm the crutch. And tells me, we'll put, you know, a body spray here. Well, how about over here? And and I t- relay that to my husband. And my husband said something back. And I my response was, he loves it when you're bending over like that. So not what my husband said. Uh-huh. So the plumber turns red. And my <laughs> husband's like, don't trust her. Like, you shouldn't trust her. So I like to do those sorts of
0: things. That is awesome. That's, it's mostly it's...
1: jokes on you, not him, you know? Right, so, right. Yeah.
0: That's, that's hilarious. Now, Living up, and for those of you that are listening, I live in Wisconsin as well. And we are currently this, you know, hopefully, we're in like the, the big deep freeze. I'm sure you're hearing about it on the news by the time this airs, it'll all be over. We might be in bikinis, but for right now, it is like negative 50 out, and we are both like freezing. Um, I just had to throw that out there so we could share our suffering
1: because, um, history. this I, is now the most history recorded podcast you'll do. Like, you will never have one of these again, right. You- have
0: this type of recording on the coldest day ever ever and we'll be right back with that interview with lisa but now it's time for fun facts fun facts where i share facts about humor laughter or sometimes whatever i feel like this week It is something I just feel like because Reader's Eye just came out and I had a whole section on 50 things that were health myths your doctor wants you to know. And so I thought I'd share one of those because when I was going through and reading, I was like, this is something people need to know. So number 24, fact or myth, you don't need eight glasses of water every day. Tick tock, tick tock. Myth. There's no scientific evidence that eight is the magic number. You might need more or less than that, depending on factors such as climate, body size. To make sure you're getting enough water, just drink throughout the day. That's what I do. I drink throughout the day, not always water. Um, I'm a firm believer in eight glasses of vodka a day. So, with that, we'll get. I think I'm hilarious. Anyway, we'll get we'll get back to that interview with Lisa. Yeah, I don't. know. What happened to global warming? I mean, what is I? I this this anyway. is
1: global warming. They, oh, they're, and- they're, yeah, so like the way I read it is that the glaciers are oh, melting, therefore pushing the air, pushing the cold southern, rather than staying at the poles.
0: Hmm, that sounds like propaganda. Anyway.
1: <laughs> I, just so, I just share everything on Facebook, whatever. I don't even read it. There's no
0: it. filters. No filters. I just share whatever's out there. Um, So being up there, because it sounds to me like, there was, like, you filled a kind of a humor or con- comedy void in your, you know, where you're at. Yeah. That's um, not that they, you know, there aren't funny people or people that appreciate humor up there, but it sounds like you were kind of like just leading the trail as far as, you know, humor goes there, filling some kind of void that people needed. Is it, um, it would that be true?
1: Sure, I guess. I mean, I, I have opportunities for people to see comedy other than the mm. funny play mm-hmm. or see it from their Netflix account or whatever they're watching. I mean, I do provide some live comedy options, mm-hmm. but they, you know, it's Manitowoc, so it's 30 at a time. You know what I mean? Like right. it's, and, and so I also do a live Facebook live random car talk with a friend who wanted to get out of her shell to do recordings and it's kind of turned into something else. So you know what I mean? I, I do a little bit mostly for me though. Like it is for me. Like I miss comedy and I don't have it. And if people are along on the journey, that's awesome because I learned about um, five years ago that the comedy has got to be for me. And then about one year ago, I said, no, really the comedy has to be for me. If I like it, I like it. And if you don't, that's okay too.
0: So what can you expound on that a little bit? What do you mean? I mean, so,
1: Yeah. So I would do improv and I would do comedy and I would do the marketing. I do the ticketing and I do everything and make sure everyone was happy with the experience because we're Mm -hmm. very much experience industry right now. And if I don't feel good after I leave, then screw you, I'm never coming back. And so I was focused on a lot of that. And there'd be improv shows that I would walk off afterward like that, that I don't think that was great, even though it was, everyone had a good time and I was worried about it. And so Mm -hmm. I, the mental, aspect of making everyone happy that I forgot to have fun myself and some of the best comedy improv sets I've had was like when I was depressed or when I was upset because I didn't care about what anybody else was thinking I was just escaping Uh those were the sets that I saw oh my god I'm really funny like I am funny and I I can use improv and I'm good at it Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do this for me now like if you don't like it it's okay. I don't care if you didn't have a good time. I'm not going to worry about, did I say the wrong thing? Did you not get it? Like, I can't help that you don't know what improv is. You're at an improv show. I tried to show you.
0: Most, so, of, most of what you just explained there was pretty much like every relationship I've ever had with a woman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they don't care what you said?
0: No, right. I, don't, I don't care. It's like, um, whatever, you know, I can't help it. You don't get it. You know, yeah, yeah, I just, right. I just want to enjoy it myself
1: right right. oh my gosh yeah but give me your money anyway so that's the ticket price is still high
0: now with your development I mean because you know improv is one thing doing stand-up comedy is is something Mm -hmm. way different now Mm -hmm. in the development of your comedy does and you said that you were funnier sometimes when you were really depressed just that you know that development of the humor um, help you cope with it or is it just a little bit darker so it's funnier because there are more real life truths? I mean, how do you, how do you yeah. create that kind of set? What's the, you know, what's your, kind of your process?
1: So, so good points. In my stand up, it's pretty much kind of just what it is. I've worked on it so long that I have X amount of minutes and any new stuff, I really have to be careful. So I am kind of closing it. Like I keep that too close because no one's heard my deaf jokes anyway. So I'm okay. with using over
0: over <laughs> Was that, was that a pun yeah. you just said? Yeah, like, oh, heard. Oh, see,
1: no. That's how witty I am. I don't even know I'm saying funny stuff. And it comes <laughs> out like, but
0: he's heard my deaf jokes anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't even know what I'm saying. That's how improvish I am. I'm so off the cuff. But you're right. So it's very funny. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I got to write that down. No one... Okay. So, but with the improv, it takes me to a place of not judgment. And that's really kind of the center of what improv is. It's accepting and not judging. And so that flow of of creating a story comes out sharper. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm worried about what the audience is thinking or what I should set up or what I should say next, then it doesn't flow at all. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't give me darker humor because I I'm an overthinker anyway. So I talk about myself very openly. Like I will stand up in front of people and say, I was worried about X, Y, and Z.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and just bring it. And then I'll just make fun of myself for it. Not too, not too you know, horrible that I sound pathetic, but I just make fun of the fact that I spent 20 minutes worried about toast or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And so, so I think the combination of not judging myself on what I say to people anymore, um, but also being careful, like I am careful. Like if I say something that came out wrong, I may say, let me rephrase that. Um, but I try, try to say everything in a very um, non-judgment, Maybe I set it up a little bit depending on the person. I mean, it's something and you can take it or leave it kind of thing. But, but like I said, the depression, the sad, like the best newsletters I've ever written are after buckets of tears because I'm exhausted. I don't care. I just bring it. I just say it.
0: Right. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I, I know that with my, with my own writing or my own development of uh, material, I'm not a stand-up comic, obviously, but um, I can get in my own way a lot of times in overthinking yeah. things. I think you bring up like a really good point of, you know, sometimes you just have to let it go.
1: Right, Because if you think about it, people like you for who you are or don't like you for who you are, whichever. And that's okay. I mean, you just have to bring you. And that's what I finally decided is that I'm going to bring me with the second round of women, wine, and whiskey. I was too worried about, are you getting enough value for your membership? Are you okay? Do you need anything else? What else can I provide you? Do you want to read this article? What else can you know? And I was like, What? And when I stopped it, nobody really said anything. Like, I'm so disappointed that you stopped. Like, like I remember, and I'm like, and they're not reading. They take what they want when they want. It's the networking. It's the connectedness. And so, um, I I I just relaunched it being like, these are things I like to do, and these are things that I was doing for for you that you may have liked, but were was a pain in the ass for me. And I think if you come with our humor like that, that's you know, if we're creating humor, um, then, then that's what we should be doing. Like, like all the shock jock comedians, like some of them, I'm like, wow, I, I would never think that way.
0: Right.
1: Um, it's okay. People like that. Um, and I'm just not me. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. So right. I just keep to what I like.
0: Well, I th- and I think that with uh, comedy, anyhow, it has to be your own truth. But you know, and in speaking your own truth, it resonates with other people in the crowd that you know is, see themselves in that truth.
1: Right, that authenticness. Because right. if you're not authentic, you can't. You know, not everything is exactly true. It might be exaggerated from the truth. Mm-hmm. But you you know, you're creating a story too. You're creating this mindset for them uh, to experience and feel and relate. And that's how I like my comedy. I, you know, in fact, when I get like stuck or low or depressed, I have to go out and like go into a store and just just babble to somebody and start making other people laugh, even if it's, you know, just at the counter, just to get back in the funk.
0: Right. I, I talk to random people at the grocery store. I love people. I love that people wear name tags because I call people by their names and they automatically think I know them because they forget that they are wearing a name tag. <laughs> yeah, right. And it always makes it more fun for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like, how did you? And then with Facebook, you're stalking on them anyway if they're in your community. But you, they, you don't have that problem because you're in a bigger town.
0: No, I live out in the county. I don't live around anyone. No, oh, I you don't. Yeah, really know? I think Union Grove, the closest town to me, is much smaller than Manitowoc. We don't even have a. I mean, Manitowoc at least has a Starbucks and a shopping center. Union Grove. <laughs> Union Grove. That's
1: amazing that you just you just. You just compared your small town to my small town. You have a Starbucks. I'm like, wait, that's, that's, I Starbucks I think
0: that's that's when you, I think for a small town in the Midwest, that's when you know you, you've arrived to a different level because you've gotten a Starbucks. I just think it's yes. the progression. Right. Nera. Yeah, you know, you get uh, you. You know, first you get a McDonald's. Nobody really cares because you know we're all going to eat yeah. that. But you get the Starbucks. That's when you've you've reached yeah. the next plateau. <laughs>
1: I'm just happy about the Panera coming. So, yeah, we don't. Um,
0: that'll never happen for us. Yeah. I don't think. Actually, so, it might because they're actually uh, building a huge new factory down the street from me. So, who knows? I'm just. I'm hoping that they put in a Hardee's or something. Taco Bell. Yeah. Well. Taco so, well.
1: did you? Did you? Um... Oh, great. Oh, so do you go out and you're, you don't even have like a main street or like where you bump into people, you know, from town or no. Oh, you I just... don't know.
0: I don't know anybody. Yeah. That, like we, we live actually out in the, like I out said, street. out right. in the county. Yeah. So yeah. Well, we have a little 12 acre farm at, so I don't really know anyone. So. Right.
1: Okay. So that's different. So in the city, like you, you, you know, you start your life, you have children or whatever, and you're at school and all kinds of different things happen. And, uh, and so you run into people and you actually, there are people I don't really care for. Yeah. And so you can go into the store and you can hear their voice. If it's a boutique or oh, small, I shouldn't say boutique, but like a smaller store and you're like, Oh, I know that voice. Goodbye. And I leave. I like, I didn't want to encounter them. <laughs> or the flip side is like, I sure have to tell Mary Jane about something and just wait a couple of days. And then I see her at the store and I tell her then I don't call her. I don't Facebook her. I don't, I don't send her a text or email. I just wait.
0: Yeah. See, I'm fully unencumbered by any of those social, (laughs) social, social niceties.
1: (laughs) But you travel the world. So I take that.
0: I I travel Wisconsin. So, you know, for, you know, looking at application for people in, I don't know, applying a little more comedy to their lives, a little more humor to their lives. I mean, what are some things that you might recommend to people to kind of, uh, maybe sometimes if they're in a funk, get out of that funk or, you know, just have a little more joy in their lives?
1: Yeah. So for me, I, I try to tune into a, a, a television or a movie, you know, something that's kind of uplifting or funny. Um, and my dog's trying to get at something. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's distracting. Uh, but I, I look at like something like that. Like if I can't come up with something right away, I try to tune into a, a program. Um, and then from there, it's just little things. Like if you, it depends on your personality. If you're a meme person, like go look a couple up. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a person that will, destroy my depression and fear into words. So I just type, I just type and type and type. I create this horrible scenario based on my fear of, of of failing or fear or something. I'm like, and then there was this big monster that took away all of, you know, and I just make it a story. Mm -hmm. I never print it. I just do that for release.
0: Interesting. And I imagine going back and reading some of them are probably, funny in the, uh, in and of themselves.
1: I burn them. I erase them. I have to take them off. So I don't have them. <laughs> there's, there's, there's
0: no evidence of that ever existing.
1: No, you will never know like, my deep, deep mind.
0: <laughs> oh, so, that's hilarious.
1: crazy. Like I have, have wowed people with the... Um, over-exaggeration of a problem, they're like, wow, you think that way? I'm like, absolutely. It's horrible. And I don't know. I just, it's just what I've, what I, so you have to embrace it. And you're like, okay, that's my horrible brain. Now how do I get over it? Right. Yeah. He, uh,
0: and I would think that doing comedy might be a real, uh, some release for that by itself.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. And I like, and like I said, I'm more improv. I'm more off the cuff. I'm more, you know, I like to ask audiences, what's their biggest pet peeve or what's their, um, you know, what's bothering them. And then usually it's something I can relate to. And then I riff it because I've already thought about it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, so.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Now I always enjoy talking to you so much fun uh, for our listeners. If they want to find you after today, where do they find Lisa with a Y?
1: Um, well, I, I guess you can find me on my website, but I also have a YouTube um, channel and I also have Facebook and you know, you can send me an email at my name at gmail.com. I'm like that if you, re- but nobody ever takes me up on it. I, I mean, then I'm like, like I, or like the thousands of people that I've talked to and said, if you need extra help or want to talk, just send me an email. Nobody does. Nobody. So I challenge you. Uh, maybe I don't, I don't know. That would be scary, but no, <laughs> you know, I, I always believe that if people really resonate and they want to get involved and, and t- touch base with me, they can find me, you know, right. like I'm not hiding my identity.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still so, like, I was just so laughing in my head about, uh, how you make this offer, but nobody ever takes you up on it. Maybe they yeah. just didn't, maybe they just didn't hear it. So you know,
1: No, 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 they don't want it. It's fine. Because people are afraid to speak up or share. Like, people don't want to do that. And I think that um, they want to, like, they'll take your ear a little bit after a a speaking or a comedy thing, but Uh they won't, like, resonate. It's just different. It's just time to move on. So, um, you know, I I love that. But if you're listening and you need a corporate speaker, you can absolutely contact me. I'll answer you. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know, and you you offer stuff I'm like I have a free ebook. I don't. I do actually, but it's about how to sign to your ch- child so it's not relevant. Um, what else? I have a no, book I, about
0: that is relevant.
1: Well, sort of, I guess. And and so you could buy my book on Amazon, Tell them, which is a memoir of a girl whose first language is not the spoken word. Uh, so you know, find me, I guess, somewhere there. Or ask Chip, hey, where's that Lisa with a Y girl?
0: Where is she? She's up in Manitowoc.
1: <laughs> Go there
0: where they build Navy ships.
1: Excellent. I'm so glad that was the reference you chose to to refer to Manitowoc.
0: That's the only one I really have besides the Starbucks.
1: And I love it. I'm not even going to feed you. With what. You
0: <laughs> now you are, and I told you this before the, sh- uh, before the show, my uh, I'm adding a new section to the show called fast five, just five questions, just to end the show a little bit, uh, get to know you a little bit better and your, some of your preferences. So, we are going to uh, christen this with you. So, are you ready?
1: I'm I'm ready.
0: All right, Lisa. Who's your favorite comedian?
1: Oh my God, Fast. Okay, Carol Brunette and or Tina Fey and or um 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 oh 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 I see him, but I can't tell you. He's dead. Sorry, Robin Williams is a good one. Okay, those are those are some.
0: All right. Yeah. Sometimes you can't just have one. I mean, you have you know depends on what mood you're in.
1: Panette. Panette.
0: I'm not familiar with Panette. I will have to Google that. Yeah. All right. Second question. uh, Second question. What's your go-to funny movie?
1: Oh, I love anything really old. Adam Sandler. Um, don't like new Adam Sandler, but I like old Adam Sandler. So.
0: Isn't that true with a lot of comedians, though? Like, when they first start out in their movies, they're all really, really edgy. And then yeah. later on, I don't know if they drink the Hollywood uh, Kool-Aid, but they're, um, they're just not as good.
2: Dom. Super yeah. dumb.
0: Like, I love Will Ferrell. Probably one of my favorite. However... When I went to go see the movie The House with him and Amy Poehler, um, I wanted that 90 minutes of my life back.
1: <laughs> right. Right. And I like <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. So she's yeah. doing well until until that one movie. And I was like, no, don't go there like the rest of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I actually left that movie um, a few IQ points lower than when I entered, I think.
1: Hard to believe.
0: It is. <laughs> it is and I need all I can get. I'm just saying. All <laughs> right. Um, what's your favorite kind of comedy?
1: Oh, Improv. Hands down. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah. All right. Fourth question. You and I are stranded in an airport. What do we do to pass the time? We choke
1: the hell out of ourselves. <laughs> oh, I think just talk. Do we, can we talk? Is that okay? That's fine. Do okay.
0: we talk about other people?
1: Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe on a non-judgy, uh, uh, what were you thinking kind of moments. Yeah.
0: You could, yeah. Tell, me, you could tell me jokes and sign. You and wouldn't could, understand that. I know, way. but that might actually make it funnier.
1: Um, no, because then it would be <laughs> mocking. Because then you'd be like, oh, I think you said this. I'm like, no, I didn't say that.
0: <laughs> all right. And last question. What's your favorite uh, joke?
1: I know. I, 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 I like my, the one that I said like earlier, which was um, people ask me all kinds of questions. Um, can your parents drive? How do you speak? Can deaf people have children? That's my best one. Um, <laughs> as far as other jokes like from other people, um, I did see a, a billboard sign when I was traveling in Arizona that said from a from a car car repair place um, said don't listen to Kiki, stay in the car. <laughs> Do you know that? No. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: No, I don't.
1: There's a song and it says and that's doing the kiki and you're supposed to stand outside of the car when you, when you, and you like run a little bit, like the kids do that. And, mm-hmm. and, and the, anyway, I, if I have to explain it, it doesn't work.
0: I know. It just, that's the thing about if you got to explain the joke sometimes. You're
1: edgy or younger. Yeah. I mean.
0: I'm not young. Like when you said you like older stuff, like with Adam Sandler, I was like, yeah. that's not, that's not really old, but, um, well, cause I'm older than you, obviously. Well,
1: guess, well older is just like. A minute later, you know, I mean, anything that's just a little, I didn't say how old, I
0: didn't say. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed, I've really enjoyed um, talking to you today and I appreciate you taking the time out of this coldest day in history to um, warm my insides with your brilliance.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Wow. <laughs> I'm sick because you know I wasn't going outside today. So... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> me neither.
0: Me neither. Me neither.
1: Yeah. No, thank you so much for the fun, as always, and whatever I can do to help you in the future for comedy, just send me an email.
0: <laughs> I, I will. What did I tell you? That was a great interview with Lisa. So much fun, so funny, and she's just out there really making a difference, not only for herself, but people around her as well. So, I'm going to tell you, take her up on her offer, email her, connect with her, bombard her with questions from all over the world, that's what I say. Let's prove her wrong. Um, I'm also going to encourage you to go to the AATH website, that's AATH.org. If you're not a member, become a member. If you're not registered for the conference, come to the conference, you're going to meet some really, really awesome people there. and. Learn a lot in the process. I mean, that's why we go to conferences: community and education. That's it. So I mean, you're going to get the sense of community with some of some of the fundamentally nicest people on the face of the earth, and you're going to learn stuff. I still refer to my notes from 2006, my first conference. Absolutely, great, great content. So. Until next time, this is Chip Lutz saying, "We'll keep the laugh on it for you." This is Laughbox, <laughs> the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. Laughbox is made possible by a grant from the National Speakers Foundation and is brought to you by AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Find out more at aath.org. Be sure to review Laughbox on iTunes. For show notes and more information about today's conversation, visit laughbox.aath.org.